you're going to hear me speak from time to time. You're going to hear members of our team speak from time to time. I'm excited to hear what God has placed on Pastor Manny's heart this morning as he, as he speaks to us on this next, this next in the series that we've been in, different. Blessed are the pure in heart. Are you, are you going to bless are the pure in heart or bless are the peacemakers? Pure in heart. Blessed are the pure in heart. Blessed are the pure in heart. Pastor Manny got the easiest of all of them. Blessed are the pure in heart. I don't know about it's, if, if it's the easiest, but I, I do know this. I know that it's something that res, when we talked about uh, this series, who would preach what series, I know this was one of those that it resonated uh, in, in Pastor Manny's spirit. And so, Pastor Manny, I want you to come. Uh, man, I'm excited to hear what God has for you today. I believe this. I believe every time you come to this platform, you bring a prophetic word. And I have no doubt that today uh, will be no different. So I told you this before we came out. I'm going to tell you it again. Preach them happy today. Thank you, Pastor. Appreciate that. Welcome, Calvary family. We are so excited to come together this morning. We are thankful for the amazing leadership of both Pastor Ed and Jody. We ask that you continue to pray, as he said, for them as they um, move into a new season and continue to pray for us. I'm excited to be preaching today. It's a little different, obviously, just because we're in an empty room. And I do preach better when the room reacts to the preaching. So I will rely on you commenting, even though I don't see it now. I will rely on you commenting and writing whatever you feel God is speaking into your hearts through the comments. Or if you're watching through Good Life, that you can either email us or let us know how God is speaking to you through today's word. We've been in this series called Different, and the reality is that we live in a different world right now. Uh, everything's different, from shopping, to going out, to being even home, to kids being home. Everything has changed, and everything is different. But it's not new for us. I think we are all called to be different. We're called to not conform to this world. In many ways, we're called to be a square peg in a circle. We never fit into the puzzle and into what this world has set for us. And that makes us different. I don't know about you, but I've never fit in. Since the age of 12, mom has had to buy me pants from JCPenney, husky pants that is, because I was just different than everyone else. Just this morning, Pastor Ed wanted to try on a watch on my wrist, and his, his watch would even go through my hand. It's just the nature of me being different. I grew up uh, being in New York City, and I grew up uh, from Puerto Rican descent, but people didn't, couldn't figure out who I was. I didn't know if I was Puerto Rican. I didn't know if I was American. I was too American to be Puerto Rican. I was too Puerto Rican to be American. When I think about Moses, Moses probably was in the same predicament. He was too Hebrew to be Egyptian, too Egyptian to be Hebrew. When I think about Jesus, he was in the same predicament. He was too much God to be human, too much human to be God. But he made it work because he was different. We are all called to be different in this society. We are all called to be different in this world. And as Pastor has been leading us through this series called Different, we've been looking at the Beatitudes, the blessing. And he's taken us through every single one. And if you look at each one, in particular last week, blessed are the merciful for they shall receive mercy. You notice that each one up till now is an exchange. If you do this, you will receive this. But now that we get into this verse, verse 8, blessed are the pure in heart for they will see God. It all changes now. 
Because it's not an exchange. It's not if you do this, you get this. Now it's if you do this, your eyes are open to a revelation you've never seen before. I believe God wants to open your eyes to see things you've never seen before. I believe that God wants to show you something that you've never seen before. I believe that the revelation of what God wants to show you, it really predicates on where your heart is in this season. As you purify your heart to see the goodness of who God is. Jesus teaches not from a plain place. Jesus teaches from a high place. He chooses to go a little higher in the mountain because he wants to say something that everyone can hear and that everyone can see. See, even right now, things are different. We're standing in the same stage, but you're sitting in a different place. You may be sitting at home, you may be watching as you drive, but the reality is this, that the same way that Jesus rose up to a mount to be able to preach Sermon on the Mount, to be able to bring the Beatitudes, is the same way that we found a new way to bring the word, and we ask you to receive it today. So let us pray. Father, we come before you. We thank you. We bless your name. And as we receive your word, we ask you, Lord, that you may transform us through it and that we may come out different than how we received it through watching it today. In the name of Jesus, and everyone said, amen. You can comment amen if you'd like just to continue the comments online. As we look through this, how many ever heard the phrase, uh, follow your heart? You ever heard that? You ever, you ever said that? Follow your heart. Follow your gut. In fact, it's a common thing that you'll hear quite often. But the reality is that if you follow your heart or you follow your gut in every situation, you're going to be misled by the fears of life. You're going to be misled by mis, missed moments or even false motives. Because you can't follow your heart because we're going to find out in a minute what is the condition of the human heart. See, when Jesus was talking about a pure heart, it comes from a word called cardio, which we know also is uh, cardiovascular. But it's more than that. It has to do with emotions. It has to do with feelings. It has to do with the inner self. It has to do with the soul. What is the condition of your heart? What is the condition of your emotions? What is the condition of your inner self? Because it is a pure heart that shall see God. So you'll often hear that, follow your heart. But look what Jeremiah verse, chapter 17, verse 9 through 10 says. It says, the heart is deceitful above all things and beyond cure. Who can understand it? I, the Lord, search the heart and examine the mind. See, the heart is deceitful. If you follow your heart on every situation, you may be misled. Instead of following your heart, instead of following your gut, what if we followed the guidance of the Holy Spirit? What if we followed what God was telling us through his word? What if we purified our hearts through the word of God and its promises, and we would find out what is it that God wants us to do? By nature, let me tell you something. I'm standing up here, but I am an introvert. If we're sitting on a boardroom, I'm the last one to speak. If we're at home, Mimi's doing most of the talking. But for some reason, God has gifted me with this, and I'm called to speak or preach. But let me tell you, if I would have followed my gut, I would not be married to the wife I have today. Because my gut said, do not ask her out. If I would have followed my gut, I would have never achieved the things that God has allowed me to achieve today. Because it took 
daring faith. It took me following the guidance of the Holy Spirit to do it because if I would have followed my gut, if I would have followed my heart, I would have stayed behind in fear. And God has not called us to do so. God has called you and I to move into new directions and into new seasons and to see greater things come, but it can only happen when we have a pure heart. You see, we can see God when our hearts are pure, when we've purified ourselves from our motivations, we've purified ourselves from our fears and our anxieties, because we will be able to see God for who he is and the greatness that he is when we love other people as we love him. So I'd like to share three things, three things, and I'll get out of your way so you can continue with your Oreo cookies and your glass of milk. I don't know if that's what you're drinking but that's, or eating, but that's what I've been eating for the last month, and it's not helping my, my midsection. So pray for me. Three ways to keep your heart pure, pure. Number one, get your own heart right. Get your own heart right. If, you know, it's so easy for us to blame other people. When things are going wrong, it's so easy to say, well, I'm like this because of you. This situation is happening because of what you did. I'm feeling the way I feel because you did this to me. But before we can cast blame, before we can get to that place where we can start blaming people and even act like a victim, we have to look at ourselves. We have to get our own heart right. So let me just speak to people for a second. You are not a victim. You are a victor. Let me say that again. Things are not happening to you. Things are happening for you. God wants to do something new in your life. God is using everything you're going through to prepare a testimony out of this test that you're going through. And you will see yourself through because he's walking with you through the valley of shadow and death. And when you come out, you're going to come out clean. You're going to come out purified. And you're going to come out shining with the glory of God. You're not a victim. You're a victor in Christ Jesus. So we got to get our own heart right. You ever, you ever been betrayed? You ever been let down? Have you ever had your heart broken? I remember I was around ugh, 11 years old, and it was our church's first anniversary. My dad, we had moved down, and he started a church in South Orlando. This family started visiting our church. They were a big family. There was about eight kids uh, and ten, including the parents. And uh, there was this one girl out of seven, out of eight kids, there was one girl. The rest were guys, seven guys. And I just had a crush on this girl. She started visiting our church. And out in the playground area at 11 years old, I told this girl, hey, I really like you. And I want to be your boyfriend. And she turned me down. She said, you're too young. Crazy thing is that four or five years later, she is the one that spoke to me. And we've been married for over 20 years. My heart was broken at that moment. Not only at that moment, there's been many moments in life where my heart has been broken. There's been many moments where because of what somebody else did, I stopped trusting new people. Because of what something, but because of what happened in my life, I closed my heart to new opportunities. I closed my heart to new things that God was introducing to me. And, and, and we got to be careful with that because God may be introducing you to a new relationship. God may be introducing you to a new season. But if you start gating what God called you to guard, you may close off the things that God wants to show you. See, in Proverbs chapter 4, verse 23, it says this, Above all else, guard your heart, for everything you do flows from it. 
Notice it says guard and it doesn't say gate. See, when we get to a place where we are hurt and we are in pain, it's easy for, for us to quickly start putting barbed wire and fencing all around our hearts so nobody else can ever hurt us. But we're not called, called to gate it. We're called to guard it. That means that you're going to guard every feeling that tries to come into your heart. And if it's good, you let it in. If it's bad, you don't let it in. I, this, this past weekend, I stopped by to bring one of our yard signs to a family and uh, to get into their house. I ha the idea was for them to not to know who it was that was dropping it off, but the only way I can get into their community was by going through their gate. So they obviously knew it was me that was plugging a yard sign into their yard uh, because I had to go through their gate for them to know it was me. But God is asking you to guard it, don't gate it. Can you, somebody comment that somewhere on Facebook? Guard it, don't gate it. Because if you can guard it, you're going to be able to scan and look at what's coming in. And you can remove those things that shouldn't be in. What I love about the story about Judas and Jesus is that the same night that Judas would betray him is the same night that John would lay his head on his shoulder or on his chest. And I believe that many times we've experienced, we've experienced enough Judases in our life that we can oftentimes reject the Johns that are trying to come in. There are Johns that are trying to come into relationship with you, because, but because of Judas, you don't let them in. And God is saying in this season, do not gate it. Instead, I want you to guard it. That's what God is calling us to do. You see, we live in a hypersensitive society. It's easy for us to be easily offended in today's society. See, but we have to realize this about offense. Offense is simply an event. Being offended is a decision. Let me say that one more time for those that are watching online or watching on TV. Offense is an event. It happened. But you decide if you're going to keep it in your life. You decide if you're going to remain offended. It is up to you to decide what you do with what's trying to come into your heart. So I encourage you today, don't let offense hold you back. Don't let offense paralyze you. Don't let offense make you mean and ugly and bitter. Instead, leave it at the door and take the good stuff in. Somebody comment amen to that today if you can. And let God speak into your life. Number two, lead from a heart after God. Lead from a heart after God. You may not know this, but you are a leader. You may not have a title. You may not have a position. But you're a leader. If you're a mom, you're a leader. If you're a dad, you're a leader. If you're an employee at a workplace, you're a leader. If you're a church member, you're a leader. If you have a position or, team, or you're in a team here at the church, you're a leader. If you're just leading yourself... You're a leader because we've been called to be light in the midst of darkness. That means you know the way because you know who you're following and his name is Jesus. But the key for us is to lead from a heart after God. That's important for us because it's easy for us to compare ourselves to other people. It's easiest to fall into the trap of looking what other people are doing and trying to be like them. But you are not called to be like somebody else. In fact, you're the best version of yourself that the world has ever seen. Nobody got your hair. Nobody has your eyes. 
Nobody has your body type. Nobody has your voice. Nobody has your gifting. Nobody has your talent. So stop looking at the stream. Stop looking at the wall. Stop looking at people's pages and comparing yourself to them because you're missing out on the greatest version of who you are. All you have to do in the season is follow God and follow God's heart. And you'll see how your identity comes through him. I've been guilty many times, I must say, that I've compared my process to other people's final products. I've compared myself while I was in process to somebody else's final product. Let me explain that. Sometimes we'll look at somebody's post, but what we don't know is that they took 100 pictures before they posted that one. Sometimes we look at somebody's nice, beautiful home, and we don't know what it took for them to get it. And we're judging our current situation to somebody's final product. And what God is saying is you need to guard your heart from that and you need to lead from a heart after God. You see, this was Saul's problem. Saul couldn't see the gifting within him. He got to a place from being called to then comparing himself to a young boy that had defeated a giant. And he kept on looking at himself and comparing himself to the point where he wanted to kill this anointed young man. We have to be careful with that. Because in comparison, you may deplete everything that God is calling you to be. And God has not called you to do that. Instead, he's called you to run and go after God's heart. Samuel loved Saul. Samuel, the prophet, loved Saul so much that he cried over the removal of King Saul. And God had to speak with Samuel. He had to tell him in 1 Samuel 16, 7, The Lord does not look at the things people look at. People look at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. You know, growing up in church, people, if I wore a suit or a tie, this was the common thing. You look like a preacher. Once I got to the business world and they, they would look for degrees, you look like a businessman. Can I tell you that God doesn't look at any of those things? God doesn't look at your credentials. God doesn't look at your degrees. You may have more degrees than a thermometer. He doesn't look at any of those things. What he's looking at is the heart. He's looking, he's not looking at the physical appearance of someone. He wants to see where is your heart? Are you chasing after God? Because while he was rejecting Saul, he was choosing a young man that was in the mountains writing psalms to him and loving on him. God chooses the heart. The world chooses outward appearance, but God will always look at the heart. He doesn't look at how many tattoos you have. He doesn't look at how many no tattoos you have. He doesn't look at your life. He looks at your heart. And if you're willing to live and follow God after his heart, you will see what God will do in your life. Let me tell you more. We have to lead from a heart after God, which means we have to see things the way God sees them. We have to call things out the way God calls them out. See, my mom was calling me a preacher while I was still playing with Legos. Because she was calling things out as if they were. When my son was wayward and he was backsliding and running, I was still calling him a prophet and I was still calling him a preacher. Because you have to call things as if they were. You have to prophesy them and you have to call them out for what they are. And you have to lead with a heart after God. I want to tell you this. Husband, lead from the heart. Wife, lead from the heart. Mother, lead from the heart. 
Father, lead from the heart. Business owner, lead from the heart of God. Leader in the church, lead from the heart of God. Look for and cultivate people that are hungry and thirsty for righteousness. Number three, and lastly, pursue perfect purity of the heart. Pursue perfect purity of the heart. When we moved down from New York City in the 1990s when we moved down, uh, we bought a house and they had these door-to-door salesmen and uh, my parents uh, bought into, I don't know if you have one of these, I'm not sure and I'm not judging you, but they bought a, a, a a water purifier, a water softener. And they had this tank in the house that had these pellets that had to be put in and it was my responsibility uh, to, to get this 50-pound bag of pellets and put it into the tank. And that tank would filter the water and soften the water because my parents bought into the reality or to the fact or to the lie. I don't know. I, don't, I haven't researched any of this. I'm just telling you my life experience. You may have a water softener. God bless you. What I'm trying to tell you is this. That it was my responsibility to fill that tank so that the water may be soft. I never knew the difference between soft water and hard water. But for some reason, my dad knew when I didn't fill the tank. He sensed it when he took a shower that the tank was not full. Because he would, say, he would come out with his hair all wet and he would say, Manny, did you put the salt pellets in the tank? And I'm like, oh, I forgot. He sensed when things had gotten hard. Can I ask you a question? Can you sense when your heart is getting hardened? Can can you sense when life is getting hard? Can can you sense when you're losing sensibility to the Holy Spirit? Can you sense it? Can you sense it? Because just like these pellets would go into the water stream and make the water stream a lot softer, it's the same way that the Word of God wants to get into your heart to purify that hardened heart. He wants to work in that heart to purify it and to make it clean. If, if you're calling for God and you know that God wants you to have a clean heart, say somebody, clean my heart, Jesus. Comment it. Clean my heart, Jesus. Because I believe that God wants us to carry and have a purified heart. In fact, Hebrews chapter 10 verse 22 says this. Let us draw near to God with a, listen to this, sincere heart. And with the full assurance that faith brings, having our hearts sprinkled to cleanse us from a guilty conscience and having our bodies washed with pure water. That's what God is calling us to do. That's what he's calling us to be, that we may clean our hearts, that we may have a cleansed heart so that we may be better individuals and people for our city and for our community and for our family members and for all those that surround us. The reality is this, misery loves company. Some people may say, why doesn't anybody like me? Well, do you like yourself? In fact, you can't love someone if you do not love yourself. We got to find the love of Jesus within us and allow him to finish what he started in us. Because many times you may start with a softened heart, but life will harden your heart and bring you to a place that you don't even identify yourself anymore. That was David's case. David was the man running after God's heart. He, he, was the guy, he was a young musician and warrior that was chosen from the fields 
of his father. But somewhere down the line, once he received position and power, he thought he could manipulate things to get things the way he wanted. To the point where he took another man's wife. He takes another man's wife, and in taking another man's wife, he orders for that man to be put into the front line to be killed. He has a son with Bathsheba. The son would not live too long because of his sin. And now he writes Psalm 51. After recognizing and seeing what had happened in his life, after recognizing how much he drifted from a softened heart and a heart that was after God, he writes this, Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. That's what we need to ask God to do in our lives. Create in me a clean heart. I need you to do laundry on my heart today, Jesus. I need you to do laundry on my heart because I drifted so far from you. And you're calling me to have a pure heart. See, God is in the laundry business. He wants to take your sin and make it white as snow. He wants to change your life for good because he wants you to have a pure heart because he wants you to be able to see him. Which brings me to my last thing as I close. I find it interesting that Jesus would tell them, Jesus, the incarnation of God himself, would say that blessed are those with a pure heart for they shall see God. And they are seeing God. They're seeing the Messiah. They're seeing Yeshua HaMashiach. They're seeing God himself in the flesh right in front of them. But he says, blessed are the pure in heart for they shall see God. Which brought contradiction to my heart because when I look at the Bible, I'm reminded of what God told Moses in Exodus. He would tell Moses, when Moses would ask God, God, show me your face. And God would tell Moses, there's not a man that can see me and live. And the question is, how can we see God? How is it, how is it that, that in the Old Testament, it says that anybody that sees God can die. But not only are the Old Testament, John 1.18 talks about it as well. Paul speaks to Timothy in 1 Timothy 6.16, and he says it as well. How is it that we can see God when in the past it's been said nobody can see him? Well, the reality is this. When we do things with the right motives, when we live authentic lives, when we do things with a pure heart, we will begin to take action through the life of Jesus, and we will see people like Jesus. We will see situations like Jesus. We will see our life's trials and tribulations like Jesus. And the second part of that benefit is that one day, the dead in Christ, they shall rise up and be caught up with him. And those that are living will be raptured and taken up as well. It's a double whammy, folks. It's a double whammy. Family, while we're here on earth and we're waiting to get to heaven, don't just wait to get to heaven. Bring heaven down. On earth as it is in heaven, that heaven may be within us. That heaven may live within us so that our world and our families and our communities and our cities can see. Ezekiel 36, 26 says this, I will give you a new heart 
and put a new spirit in you. I will remove from you the heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh. So today I tell you, get your heart right. Guard it, don't gate it. Lead from a heart after God. Don't lead after things or people or what other people are doing. Just chase after God. That's the only affirmation you need. And number three, pursue a pure heart. Constantly ask God to clean your heart so that you may have a right spirit within you. Then we shall see God. So let us pray together. And as we pray, there's two different calls I want to do to you as you watch online or as you watch on TV. Maybe you're watching this and you don't know who Jesus is. You've heard of him. You've seen some, some Last Supper frame on somebody's house wall, but you don't know him personally. He wants to be your friend. He wants to be your savior. He wants to clean out all that bitterness and all that hate and all that anger and give you a new heart. Notice that I said that he's going to give it to you. You can't fix yourself. Only God can fix you. Religion says fix yourself before you come to him. No, God says through relationships, come to me and I will fix you and I will clean you. So you can know him today and you can be saved by his grace today. And number two, maybe you're a believer. But like David, you've drifted. You've gone from a heart after God where now you're chasing after things and ambitions that only feed you. He wants to soften your heart today. And he can do it by his word and through this word that's been preached. So be blessed and let us pray to that together at this moment. Father, we, we come before you and we thank you. We thank you, God, that you've given us this time to deep, deeper, dig deep, deeper into this word. Where blessed are those that are pure of hearts, for they shall see God. God, we want to see you right here where we are. We want to see you in Orlando. We want to see you in Central Florida. We want to see you, but the only way we can see you is if we get a pure and clean heart. So I ask you, Holy Spirit, cleanse us. Clean us. Make us new. Change us and transform us by the power of your word and the authority of your name. I pray for those that are right now in the, in the line of deciding if they want to accept you as their Savior. And I pray in the name of Jesus that they may know you for who you are. In the name of Jesus, we pray these things. Amen and amen. Thank you for listening. We hope you've been blessed by the ministry of Calvary Orlando. We invite you to join us in person at Calvary Orlando for one of our Sunday morning worship experiences each Sunday at 1030 a.m. To find out more about Calvary, please visit our website at calvaryorlando.org. Here you can find our latest events and ministry opportunities. Thanks for listening and God bless.